Hi there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the Jedi Council podcast. It's a bit of a special episode today with the news of Star Wars The High Republic coming out just last night if you're in the States or this morning if you're in the UK. Um, Shorter podcast today with less of the council members, but it will be just as informative as ever as I bring to you our brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. And can I just say, the council is in session. <laughs> you see, that's what Alex should do. That's he, what should. he should. He should. He it's, should. It's small things matter. I, I agree. I agree. So Dave and I agree far too much these days, as you've probably seen on Twitter and heard in podcasts recently. And good news, we definitely will be coming back to um, episode nine at some point. We definitely will talk about The Mandalorian and the return of Clone Wars, and everything else that's happened. But today, we're just going to focus on Project Luminous, which has become Star Wars The High Republic. So, Dave, let's start with the basics. How did you feel this morning when you saw this news? Excited. Um, Really excited. It's a completely undeveloped area of, of Star Wars at the moment which just gives you so much scope and room to play with ideas. It's great. So let's really kick off by just saying what we saw in the press release today, which is that Star Wars The High Republic is set in an era when the Galactic Republic and the Jedi Order are at their height, serving and protecting the galaxy. This is a hopeful, optimistic time when the Republic and the Jedi are noble and respected. This multi-year publishing program will be rolled out in phases, with phase one being labelled Light of the Jedi. This period on the Star Wars timeline will not overlap any of the films or series currently planned for production, giving creators and partners space to tell Star Wars stories in a never-before-explored timeline. So let's first of all deal with that, day. This is only publishing and allegedly nothing to do with films. Do you believe that? No. <laughs> no, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Would you care to explain why? <laughs> um, Star Wars has done its best when it's hitting multiple channels at the same time. Yeah. And that, that is when it, it performs at its best. And, and you can see that at the back end of last year, where you had some great comics, some great novels. You had... Rise of Skywalker, whether you liked it or not, it was out. You had The Mandalorian on TV. You had Jedi um, Outcast, Fallen Outcast on uh, consoles, yep. uh, video games. And you had the, the promise of the Clone Wars coming back early this year. Yeah. And it was a golden moment where the fandom was, wow, there is so much Star Wars out there. Yeah. No, I, I, com- I completely agree. Um. Do you think that in there I said this was phase one being called the light of the Jedi? I think I've written an article available on the Jedi Council website where I used a term which I thought you'd pick up on, which was the marvelization of Star Wars. (laughs) It's not a word. But do you think that phase one, we're seeing the marvelization of Star Wars here? Well, they use that term, don't they? Yes, yeah. it's, it's it's the way that the Marvel movies cinematic universe has been built in phases um, or waves. Um, I think okay, it, it, 
honestly what I think this is. I, I agree with their initial premise that the books and comics that are being released will not overlap existing movies or TV shows currently in the planning. Yeah. I agree with that totally because we're talking, um, we are aware of the Cassian Andor uh, TV show. We know Mandalorian's already been um, set for a second season. We know that there is the Kenobi one. Maybe there was a bit of a pause because of scripts, but we know that it's still being planned. So all of those are still being planned. We know that the, the films at the moment, there's a bit of a hiatus in the movies um, because of the directors, writers that they teed up moving to Netflix. Um, and there hasn't been any announcement. Yeah. And, and there's not been an announcement yet that they're going to replace or what the replacement will be. You've still got Ryan Johnson spouting that he's going to do another trilogy. Um, I honestly think that he's too poisonous for, Lucasfilm to want to give something else to at the moment yeah. um, and, and that's not an attack on him I would say that he is a poisonous brand for Star Wars to be assigned, aligned to at this point in time yeah. um, so well, but, but on that Dave sorry, sorry to interrupt but two points um, number one I wonder if um, you're actually you're, you're completely right that perhaps the Benedoff and Wise trilogy film whatever it was going to turn out to be was supposed to be set in this era i don't know if you've had a chance to read the or watch sorry the video that came out with the announcement but they were looking at this back in 2018 when that announcement yes. was made so to me just putting two and two together i would think that this probably was originally earmarked for that film and now they're not sure what's happening and also um I don't know if it's fake or not, but it was doing the rounds on Twitter today that there was a cast call out for the next Star Wars film. And it was saying that the director for it was Ryan Johnson. So I don't know if it was fake or not, but it was on a website where it was somewhere where you would look for casting calls in the UK. And it was saying they were looking for the new leads. Mm. I've caught you on the hops there. I can tell you have, you have. But, <laughs> but I just, I just think I don't think Lucasfilm would be that careless. I don't. I think with Kathleen Kennedy, you know my views on on what I think about her. But I, I still think anything's possible. I agree with you. I don't think it should happen. But just because I think that, what was it she said? He was the best director to work with, an absolute <laughs> joy. You know, he's the only one who hasn't had to go back and revise scripts even jj abrahams we know for sure that in the last uh film he definitely had a lot of rewrites at the end of that film now, yes. someone was coming down on him for that from either disney kathleen kennedy lucasfilm somebody did that and as we yeah. know they scrapped i mean i don't know if you had a chance to look at um jewel of the fates because the script was leaked for that i don't know yes. if you had a chance to look at it but i mean that looked like a heck of a film it did follow on from the last jedi which would annoy a lot of people i know but the, the the sort of carefree attitude of Lucasfilm, dare I say it? The carefree attitude. The, the I think I think we've sort of discussed this you and me offline about how it would be great if Lucasfilm and Disney would actually just listen to what the fans want. Wouldn't that be an idea? Yes. Yeah. 
rather than subverting all the time and you know just coming up with all these ideas and things that people actually don't want as a product yeah i'd agree with that and that's reflected in how toy sales and merchandise sales work as well if you have a look at the toy lines if you have a look at the merchandise that sells it's merchandise that doesn't go anywhere near the last jedi yeah. Whether, you, whether, whether you like that movie or not, the merchandise that sells does not touch The Last Jedi. Yeah. So, and, and, and surely, for all the millions, billions that Disney can make out of the movies, they make just as much out of the toys and merchandise. Probably yeah. more. Yeah, you'd think so. But also, I, I don't think at, at the end for Rise of Skywalker, there was really that much merchandise. No, there wasn't. And you don't really, you don't really see. Um, let's let's just say for a second here that Star Wars has traditionally been aimed at children, the next generation of fans. You don't see it. You don't see them with the backpacks. It it just hasn't happened. There's been no cut for. It. I think it's partly because the adults aren't taking the kids to go and see the films because they see it once by themselves and think I don't want to put myself through that again. <laughs> but. But, well, you know, you're an example of that in many ways for The Last Jedi. You couldn't be more passionate about Star Wars, but... Yes. But, but yeah. I, I think you're not alone. Years to get my kids to watch that movie. Exactly, and I don't think you're alone with that. And I think if you look at the financial performance, we are going on a tangent here, of The Rise of Skywalker, it's, it's actually going to finish... Podcast, of course, we're going off tangent. <laughs> of course. It's, it's going to finish up as the worst performing film of the sequel trilogy. Um, I think it it's below some films that you would never have have thought of in the last year that a Star Wars film could possibly ever be behind. Sorry, mine's just going blank. It was another series, but it, it's just underperformed dramatically. Mm. Because I mean, so, you you went and saw it three times. Is that right? Uh, was it three by the end of it? Yeah, I think it was three. Yes. I saw it three times. By the time I wanted to see it a fourth time, which was four weeks after its release, it was out of the cinemas. I've never heard of that for a Star Wars film before. Uh, well, Solo Solo was worse than that from a, a, a longevity at the cinema. And I think that was ultimately what what one of the nails in its coffin. It, it was placed in the wrong time zone for, for when movies were coming out. And despite Solo only being in the cinema for two weeks, I saw it five times. Yeah. But you didn't have that desire with a main trilogy film? No, I had no desire. I saw can, it. Yeah. I enjoyed it from the perspective that it felt like a Star Wars film and it concluded a story. But I was ultimately left thinking, was it a story that I'd actually wanted then by the time I'd finished it? Yeah, which is, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it coming out on DVD. I'm looking forward to all the extras around it. Um, but it's it, very, very odd. But then, you know, we, we did the instant reaction cast and my view hasn't changed on it at all. But let's let's go back. Let's go back. Concentrate. <laughs> on what we're here to talk about today so for the I... public something i want to talk to you about dave is um where it's set in terms of errors so um that's e-r-a not e-r-r-o-r um <laughs> Era, eras 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 did i not say eras you said errors 
well, errors. You, you know. are you are a southerner. That is true. That is that's true. I do speak the Queen's English, unlike you. That's very true, Dave. Mm-hmm. And I make no apologies for it, none whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, you like that a little bit. So, I, I have a wife who says similar things because she's from down south. Because uh, she's closer to the Queen, her English is bound to be better than mine. Right. You wouldn't argue with Mrs. Clark now, would you? I wouldn't. No. So, not so, so let's all agree that Mrs. Clark knows best. so let's talk about timings for for this so so errors errors i'm gonna say errors now just to annoy you it's your new shimmy 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 yeah shimmy whatever it was um okay so let's start with the old republic dave um you are probably much better positioned than i to talk about this so we've got the old republic Star Wars, the Galactic Republic, and then we've got the New Republic, which is effectually, effectively the, the recent sequel trilogy and Star Wars Resistance, another tremendous thing, um, <laughs> and all that. So, Dave, what, we think that this is set 200 years before what we really understand to be the Skywalker saga. Is that an era you would have liked to see, seen, or would you have gone further back? Off the top of my head, I... I don't know how I feel exactly around that time period, if that makes sense. Because if you look at the old, the, okay, the, the old Republic era, the, the era, not era, um, the one that fits into the Knights of the Old Republic, um, you, you're looking at three and a half thousand years yeah. before the Skywalker Palpatine saga. Yeah. Um, and there was massive conflict then. You've got the Sith Wars. You've got the Mandalorian Wars. So so it's a time of conflict as much as anything else. And then you've, you've then, if you jump forward to the, the Clone War period and the run-up to that, you had the, the, the Republic era, I guess. I might as well use that as a term rather than Old Republic or, or New Republic. Yeah. So you've you've got three and a half thousand years that you could have positioned this within. Yep. I find it a little bit strange that it's only two hundred years back. Yeah. Truth, truth, truth be known. Um, because you've got that? three and a half thousand years. Yeah. What? Why? Why is that though? Because I I feel the same. I I kind of feel that by going two hundred years away, you are undoubtedly going to run into established characters such as Yoda we know he's definitely of an age to be in there and others and I just feel that if you are to coin an Alex phrase for lack of a better word go into try and fit in nostalgic fan service into a brand new era era I think you're just gonna fall into all the traps and problems that we've seen of the sequel trilogy all over again. I think I think the braver decision would have been to have gone back further. Yes. And as you said, and I said, do something completely new. New characters. Let's see how the Sith split away from the Jedi. Let's see that on screen. Bring back some of the, the EU. Really think about something. And rather than just being sort of, well... We've got to keep some of these fans interested, so we're not going to go too far away. And I, I just feel like it's too safe. 
it just seems a little bit of a strange decision to have gone 200 years. It is, it's, it's close enough in time, but 200 years isn't that close. It's a, it's a strange one. It's not close in that you, you, you if, if you look at um, real world entities, 200 years is a massive difference in how politics can be 200 years is a massive difference in how powers can work um, as as in military strengths and military might and that type of power so it's 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 quite it's quite a long time away from that perspective but from the perspective of a republic that has managed to last for three and a half thousand years it's all it's not that long at all no yesterday yeah in the grand scheme of things to uh pick up on some of the the points that some astute uh we'll we'll come to them later but uh people who have looked at what the storyboard group were talking about dinosaurs was in there so compared to the dinosaurs this is this is nothing (laughs) yes yes although i did point out that you do get you already get dinosaurs in star wars you do you do you do it's just not called dinosaurs yeah, yeah, and suppose someone had just evolved. So um, I'd like to get your views as well on the, the books that have been announced so far, because obviously you do read a lot of Star Wars books. I myself do not. And so I thought I'd get sort of your views on the people who are writing these books. So if we look at what I think is going to kick everything off, which is Star Wars, The High Republic, Light of the Jedi. This is Charles Saul. Have you read any of his books before? I've not read his books. I've read his comics. And what do you think of them? I, I like them. Um, I've I've read quite a bit. Um, he's done like the Darth Vader ones. Um, I do like his storytelling and the way that he's done it in comics. No. So I've never read a novel of his though. So I'm 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 looking forward to that actually. Just seeing a different different style. Yeah, I mean, t- to that, me not reading a book before, and despite what I've said about <laughs> time, I, oh, yeah, I've never read a book. I don't know how to read. I'm illiterate. How, what's that? Um, I'm looking at two Star Wars books in front of me that I've read. Thank you very much. Um, Lords of the Sith, which I thought was brilliant. It um, is. It's uh, a wonderful novel. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Um, but I'm I'm actually really keen to read this book. And, and with the timing coming out late August, I can definitely see it being one of those late summer books that you pick up and don't put down until you finished it. So I'm, I'm actually... A holiday read. Yeah, exactly. So I'm really excited to, to pick this up and see how it all plays out. We've also got um, Claudia Gray writing a book. I know she's written quite a few. Have you ever read any of hers? I've read hers. I, I like her books, to be honest um she tends to i think it's young adults um and i think the one that she's writing is is classed as a young adult one um which tends to mean that they tend to be slightly faster paced um don't require quite so much investment in the reader uh, which is why they work for young adults but it also means that from an adult perspective you can skip through that book really quickly. Yeah. You could see what I was going to say then, couldn't you? So you recovered with the young adult bit. Yes. Is it more of your level, Dave? (laughs) 
Well, yes. with my many leather-bound books. Leather-bound. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've got um, a couple of them. <laughs> sorry, I interrupted you. Um, so basically, you think she's a good author, good Star Wars yes. author. Yes, and... yes. Um, I've been happy. I've been happy with what I've read. Um, hopefully she listens to our podcast, and hopefully she'll pick up on that. But wow. I do like her work. Well, it's funny you should say that. We'll get on to that in a second. But so Star Wars, the High Republic into the dark is what she is writing about. Do you think this is where we're really going to see the Siths come in and really the beginning of the end for the Jedi? Well, I don't know, because they've, they've talked about this um, new protagonist that is almost uh, Viking-esque. And I, I think by what, what they mean by that is Reavers and Raiders. Yeah. as opposed to a, a static civilization, um, a, a, a group who prey potentially on the, the fringes of the, the, the Republic. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting as well, when, when they're talking about Wild West again, they've mm. obviously hit something with the Mandalorian that they like. <laughs> and they know we like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So give us more of that. No, that's that's really good. But you you mentioned maybe listening to this podcast, and whilst I think it's fair to say we all probably think she isn't, I think there is a British author among them this time. Let me just get his name. It's something Cavan, isn't it? Um, that's it, Cavan Scott. I think he is a British author who does follow a lot of podcasts. So yeah. I'm kind of hoping maybe. He does listen to us. And he's writing the Star Wars High Republic book. So I, it's quite interesting. You know, so you've got one just called the High Republic, one called Light by the Jedi, one called the High Republic Adventures, and a test of courage. I think that's aimed at the younger audience. But it's it's kind of interesting, isn't it? They've released all these titles so early on. Yes. So I'm assuming they've already got, and, and also all the artwork as well. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's one of the last things to happen. It is. Have you, have you got the artwork open in front of you? No, but I, I, I can fairly well remember them. Okay, so if we if we talk about the High Republic, which is it's a Marvel comic, you seem to have two almost bounty hunters on it. Yes. Kind of interesting weapons and sort of gas Cute. masks on. And they look a lot like these reavers and raiders are the villains yeah. Um, yeah. so i don't know if that's possibly where the focus is going to be initially yeah and then we have in the high republic adventure which is a, a book but a more i would say it looks like a more younger book uh the artwork is of david you probably know the race of the individual but looks kind of like a dog fox with a beard Dog fox with a bit <laughs> <laughs> and a lightsaber and very pointy shoes that look really uncomfortable. Who, I'm going to see if I can actually find a picture of this. Who I think Farzala, yeah, uh, maybe. And we've got uh, a more traditional humanoid Jedi called Lula. I'll talk. No, no, no. Karen talking. I'll, I'll search. Perfect. That sounds good. Um, 
so we've also got um, the High Republic Test of Courage, which looks kind of animated in the style of Resistance and a group of young people, maybe Padawans, involved here. I just here. Have the one, so... Yeah, um, so that's kind of interesting. It's set in a jungle planet. Hopefully it's nothing like Resistance, which I think has to go down as the worst Star Wars thing ever, in my view. So bad yeah. that I-, I couldn't bring myself to finish it. No, neither have I, to be fair. Um, it, it was not a TV show. But then, it's and, and in its defence, it was a TV show that was aimed at children. Yeah. And it was very much aimed at children. Yeah. Um, the the, the colour scheme, the colour palette, the tone. Um, so, maybe it was what it was meant to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, have you got the images up? Yeah, yeah, I've got them. So if you look at Star Wars, The High Republic, Light of the Jedi, that's a Wookiee with a cross lightsaber. Uh, uh, Yes, yeah, a lightsaber with a cross hilt, yeah. But it doesn't appear to be firing like we've seen with Kylo Ren, which is kind of interesting. No, it just just has a hilt. Yeah. Which is an interesting concept. Okay, from from a, a weapon... A fictionado to some extent, which of course they've happened to be listeners. Um, which <laughs> I have more than a passing interest in, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just knew where this was going. Is this going to go into like William Wallace territory? I'm looking forward to this. No, 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 not quite like that. No, so okay, so the idea of a cross hilt, yeah, is to protect your hands when you are fighting against an opponent so you and an opponent both have a metal sword that metal sword swings at your metal sword you can catch your opponent's blade on the cross hilt thereby protecting your hand to make sure your hand is not severed because without the cross hilt your opponent could just slide their blade down your blade and take your hand off yeah Okay, so it's you with me so far. I'm with you. I'm with you. You've got me to the dance. So what's the point in having a cross hilt on a blade that's made of light? Because if they were fighting someone else with a lightsaber, that lightsaber would go straight through the metal hilt. Yeah. And if you were fighting someone with a metal blade your lightsaber would already have chopped their metal blade down to nothing. Yes. So having a cross hilt on a sword that's a lightsaber is pointless. That's where I thought you were going. Is it? Is it for stability, Dave, using your, effect, uh, using your huge knowledge of weaponry from the medieval era? Does, does it help you? Perhaps weighted in some way to get a... Your pommel pommel stone tended to be your your counterweight to the the blade. So it wouldn't balance it out if you had a a stronger metal? No, no. And and I guess if it's a lightsaber, then there is no weight in the blade. Because your pommel, your your hilt of your sword and your pommel, the idea of that and the reason that some of them were quite ornate and especially the longer swords had longer pommels and that was to, to create the counterbalance. 
and that's where you got the large pommel stones you know the the, the bulges at the end of the pommel yeah so that was to counter a heavy blade but you don't have that with a sword that weighs nothing so the conclusion is it's a bit pointless it's a nice design yeah but i don't see any function to it it'd be what nice to think, that yeah. a function in it what do you think about what they're wearing that's a lighter robe than i think we've seen before with patterns on it have we seen patterned robes before no they tend to be they tend to be cloth on tone really don't they yeah these appear to have like insignias on them almost almost fashion <laughs> oh my gosh it's it's like there's a theme park dave that they'd like to sell different types of um cloaks to a robe oh, yeah I, I i can't imagine a place like that can you no 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 not one I wouldn't think about commercialization in such a way. So look at, let's look at the Claudia Gray book. Um, so here we see a Jedi and someone, is that someone holding a, fer, a thermal detonator in her hand? It's a grenade or something, doesn't it? Yeah, it does look like that. And she seems to be wearing a flight suit as well. Yeah, and he's got that insignia on his arm as well. So do you think this could be the Jedi symbol of the time, maybe? <sighs> maybe not. It's almost it's like, like a fleur de lis. Yes. I, okay. I, uh, how, if if you were to ask me to draw some warrior monks and to decorate them a little bit, you end up with almost like stylized designs on clothing, which tends to be on trim. It tends to be on tabards. And that almost seems to be what they're doing here. So maybe these, maybe these are final con- final artists. Maybe these are still concepts. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, I, 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 I'm actually enjoying looking at them a little bit more in depth. Um, yeah. Because if if we look at the High Republic, I think that's more of a dress that we're that we're used to. But then if we if we look at the High Republic adventures, the the cloak again has yeah and he's again he's he's carrying a lightsaber there's a lightsaber clip to his belt yeah i'm assuming it is a male looks like a male and the female as well actually the woman as well yeah so this is obviously a very deliberate new style yeah they've got patterning on their robes yeah and what do you think about the weapons that we see on the star wars the high republic on that cover they look really interesting to me if you look at her i'm thinking of the the twilight if you look at what she's carrying and it's almost attached to something which replenishes bullets almost yeah like as a magazine thing or or an energy thing yeah it might take might just be an energy yeah it might be a power pack that she's got on her belt not seen that before have we? Well, well, we saw um, in Rogue One, um, Chirrut Imri and his mate, Chirrut Imri and... Don't ask oh, me. You know me about that film. Guardians of the Wills. Right. <laughs> yes. 
Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Don't yeah, worry Cherry. about it, Dave. Don't worry about it. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, he carried a heavy blaster, like almost like a massive machine cannon, auto cannon style heavy blaster. And that was attached by a similar type of makeup to a power pack that was on his back. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a look at looking at these two pic, this this picture again though, uh, the the guy that stood, I'm assuming again it's it's a guy. The guy that stood next to the Twilek female, um, he has a similar belting yeah, over it's a his clip, shoulder. Isn't it? It's like a magazine clip. You'd it is almost, you'd see yeah. Schwarzenegger wearing that rather than someone in Star Wars. Yeah, you would. Or Chewie wear something similar to that. Oh, that's true, actually. That is true. And Malia. For his crossbow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, I think all of this is, is really, really exciting. Um, but we don't really know too much about it. There's obviously been a really interesting video and it seems to me that, that people are quite excited about it. But I do want to touch on some of the fan responses we've had today, Dave. Um, not universally positive. Now, I know normally we don't swear on this account and I'm not going to do it today. So I will not bleep out my words, but just tone it down somewhat. I don't know if you've seen some of the last tweets in the last hour that you've been getting from a discussion you've been having where a Twitter user has either called you or someone else who's called out what he said, a card carrying SJW and will always be the victim. You are taking everything out of contest to fit your victim narrative. So go away, but in a much more impolite way. Yeah. Yeah, their language was has been fairly colourful in the last. Okay, so if so, we started tweeting this morning. It's it's now what it's nine forty in the evening in the UK. We started tweeting about this um, fairly early in the morning. Not not very early, but early enough in the morning. Yeah. And we had a bit of a mixture of of responses. Uh, some overwhelmingly positive excuse me, overwhelmingly positive, some that were maybe a little bit more wary, let's see where this goes, or, or even people just asking questions, what, what, oh, what, what is this, what, what can you tell us, and, and then some people that immediately jumped on with negative comments, mm. and it's something that we've seen previously with, with Star Wars in the last few years. Um, sorry, there's a bit of a sigh there. Um, Understandable. Now, okay, I, I am not a fan of The Last Jedi. No. Um, you may have from, made that clear once or twice. Yeah. And, and similarly, um, with the end of The Rise of Skywalker, I came out of it initially thinking, okay, that was that was a suitable ending considering where we'd, we'd been previously. But ultimately, I've come away thinking, was it a story that was needed to be told? And I'm, I, I'm, I would say that I'm probably not alone in that opinion when you, you look on social media. Um, however, under Disney... We have had The Mandalorian, which is superb. We've had Rogue One, which for me 
is is one of the best Star Wars movies we've had, and that includes the original trilogy. Um, we have had Solo, which for me felt like a proper, a traditional Star Wars movie that I loved and, and have enjoyed and watched repeatedly, even after I bought it on Blu-ray. Um, we've now got the return of the Clone Wars. So, and we've we've had some phenomenal books. The new tr- uh, Throne trilogy. Um, we've had um, Claudia um, Gray's novels. We've had um, the the comics, as we've already said, um, for Mister Soul um, and the Darth Vader stories. We've had Tarkin as a brilliant novel so when star wars lucasfilm disney whoever the entity is and whoever you want to accuse it of being makes an announcement that they're going to go to a brand new era and they're going to release novels give them a chance don't immediately jump on it and start attacking it when you don't even know what you're attacking it's you're making a judgment based upon no information whatsoever yeah and and that has got to be the most stupid thing you could possibly do i couldn't agree with you more i mean some of you as you said some of the language that's coming out is completely unnecessary i mean you know for example, you and Alex, right, you know a lot more about Star Wars than I do, likely more than I ever will do. But you still listen to my opinion and you don't talk to me like I'm stupid or I don't understand things and we debate things. That's what a forum's meant to be, where you can talk about things, you know. As you said, to your point about The Last Jedi, when I first saw it, I really liked it. I can see many of the flaws of it now. When we saw The Rise of Skywalker, you said it was it was a good ending. I immediately said, this is the story of Palpatine and not about the Skywalkers. They've kind of ruined it. And through those debates, we've been able to talk ideas and kind of think about things and, and have you know slightly different opinions. And opinions can change and should change. But what we're seeing here is people who are supposed to love Star Wars being so abusive if you don't agree with their opinion or their mindset and they're nitpicking over tiny things to try and prove, well, you're wrong and here's the evidence because of this. I mean, who really doesn't think that diversity is a good thing? Okay, it it doesn't have to be to some people's points, I don't agree with them, but shove down your throat, but it's a good thing. I don't care that Ray was a female. I think it's great Leia was a female. But I don't see where this sort of, oh, it's not masculine orientated. I don't see why that makes it any less Star Wars or why people should get abusive about it and go after people who are just trying to talk Star Wars and inform people. I really do not get these people. And, you know, happy to have debates with them. But when it gets abusive, there is a line that is crossed and it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And I don't care if Disney owned this, if George Lucas owned this, it would still be happening. 
yes, the decisions editorially, story wise to me, have been incredibly questionable. Yes, there have been some failures. But to Dave's point, there's been some huge successes. If you go to Galaxy's Edge, and I just took the mickey a little bit about, you know, being able to buy hoods and cloaks. But if you go there, you are transported into a place you never thought you would see in your life. And okay, yes, it is expensive. It is expensive. And it's a one-off treat for many people. And I get that. But goodness me, that's what being a fan is about. It's about reading the books, immersing yourself in the universe, watching the films, digesting that content in the way that you want to. There is no right or wrong. And, and I'm, having looked more into this feed, become more infuriated when, you know, our reach today, we've reached over 20,000 people with one tweet. 20,000 people they don't need to be seeing that Star Wars fans again the fandom menace comes out they don't need to be seeing that sorry Dave that's gone into a bit more of a rant than I expected <laughs> nothing wrong with it I totally agree totally agree um, you, you, you can love Star Wars you can dislike bits of Star Wars no one is forcing you to go and watch every movie no one is forcing you to read every book. Take the bits you want. Yeah. You, you feel free to debate the bits you don't particularly enjoy. Yes. Yeah. We have had some fantastic debates where we have differing opinions and where we are talking and, and attempting to convince someone else of of their opinion and 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 how to to change an opinion whether you do change that opinion or whether you get to an agreement that you know what we'll probably just see this very differently there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't mean you attack the person with a different opinion we're, we're not talking about life or death choices here no. we're not talking about whether you agree that america should have unrestrained gun laws or whether they should have restrained gun laws well, you don't have a vested interest in whether your children might die because of, of a law instead we're talking about a movie franchise we're yeah. talking about some books yeah Couldn't it agree. makes no real difference whether you like it or not yeah and this, this is coming from a fan of 42 years, 43 years now. Yeah. And, and Dave, when anyone says to me, who's the biggest Star Wars fan? I always answer this. Do you know anyone who has bought a car because of a Star Wars film? <laughs> no, I know it's not the only reason, but you get my point. <laughs> but you get my I, point. I was definitely tempted to do the test drive because of that. And I ultimately did make that decision to buy it. Which is now called the Mobile. It is, yes. So, you know, that's fandom. That's fandom. That, you know, and, and you even got a little sweetener in the deal, as people know, with a cardboard yeah. cutout. So, you know, that, that, that's yeah. fandom. Yeah, I'm, I'm prepared to spend 30 grand because I got a cardboard cutout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's a fan. I just want to read out one more tweet that we've received today. And, I, and again, I'm going to sanitize it somewhat. Just, just, just because I think this needs to be discussed. I think you probably know which tweet's going to be, Dave. This looks like 
rubbish to me. More woke trash. Look at that video that the official site posted. That story group is all about identity politics and social justice warriors. It's filled with feminazis and soy boys and the horrible Pablo Hidalgo. Hashtag Project Lunas, hashtag Stoles. I read that and I'm obviously stupid, Dave, because I didn't see that in that video. No, no, I saw a group, a mixed group, a diverse group of people debating ideas and coming up with plots and coming up with plans and looking at how they can entertain people. That's what what's I see. With, what's, what's wrong with that? I, I wish, I don't know, but there are a lot of people out there who do find things wrong with that. And, you know, I'm not saying they're not fans of Star Wars. Some people would say that. I'm not. What I'm saying is, is to your point, Dave, they need to get some perspective in their life. Yes. Yes. You know. um, and with that, we actually put out a call for questions during this podcast. Um, probably didn't give people enough time, so apologies for that. But we have got one, which I thought was kind of interesting, from, from I don't know how to pronounce Aridan the Cyber Elf? Oh, no idea. But, oh, yes. Um, yes. Yep. <laughs> but he says, or she, don't know, I'm not <laughs> jumping up and down crazy. I really don't have time for all the books. I want to read, so I'll probably not read these. So, yeah. For those who downright talk hate and trash on something something they haven't read, yeah, that really puts me off liking the person, not the thing. I like his message, or their, their messaging at the end. But I think there is a point, which is, are we... If, if something is only going to be in book form, which the press release says, are we excluding a huge proportion of the Star Wars universe? Look at Andy, who's on our podcast, Mr. Lego himself. He doesn't watch anything outside of the films. He's from the Midlands, so he probably doesn't read, neither. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, but he's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, no, no, absolutely. So, so do, do you take that point that if it is just book form and they're dedicating a huge era, era to it, then it's kind of counterproductive if it's not going to be on film? I, I don't think it is. I think to go back to, I think to the beginning of our podcast, really, I think what this will be is scene setting. It's building up an expectation of themes of uh, a, an era, a period in time. Um, and I think we will see TV shows because I think it's important that when you read out that press release, it says current. Yeah. It doesn't overlap with any current movie or TV shows. Because they don't have any. <laughs> yes. But give this 12 months and you've got all the muscle behind Disney, and you could have a TV show. How long did it take them to do The Mandalorian? Mandalorian didn't take them 12 months. No. No. And they put together some amazing scenes, and we've seen behind the scenes how they've done it and how they've used backgrounds in innovative ways. Yes. And, you know, 
when when you're talking about huge budgets in TV shows, these things can be produced fairly quickly compared to a feature film. Yes. So, I, I mean, Solo was 15 months. Yeah. And no. that was under two different directorships, a complete rewrite of bits of the story, yeah. massive number of reshoots because the 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 villain that the main villain that was chosen for the movie wasn't available for the reshoot, so they ended up having to go to a brand new character and a brand <laughs> new actor for it. And but you could do out... that in fifty months. Yeah, and that but but those initial scenes I think were CGI as well, weren't they? They yeah. it wasn't a human person. No, feline, I think. So yeah, imagine the money they wasted on that, Dave. That probably impacted their profit slightly. Yeah, post-production, creating that character and not using them at all. Well, hopefully, but, I mean, those those types of characters might appear elsewhere because the design has already been done. I'll tell you one thing that we've not touched on that I am quite excited by is that Ian McKay has been brought on board and has been doing some of the the, the concept sketching for these characters. Yeah. I hope he just dissed him by by trashing his idea of a cross guard on a lightsaber. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I love his artwork. I absolutely adore his concept work. He designed the look and feel of Maul. Yeah. The guy is a legend as far as I'm concerned. No, I, yeah, I, I think that's 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 really exciting as well. Um because obviously some of the the artwork in Star Wars it's really quite timeless, isn't it? And if you see any of the the original art, which I was fortunate enough to do when they put on the the show in London, which was a history of Star Wars, where they had all the costumes and some of the original artwork, it's it's amazing to stand in front of it um, and just look at it. It's 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 the highest of quality. So yeah, I've, I think that is really exciting, Dave. You're absolutely right to mention that. It is, it is phenomenal, but I'm I'm I might to pick up on your point there. I am a very visual person, yeah. um, and well, you're an artist in many ways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you sell it. You sell it on Etsy. Plug yourself. I do, sell it. I do sell it. I do sell it. I don't sell as much as I'd like to sell. So if anybody wants a painting, let me know. Where uh, can this information? Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Uh, but. Um, it, it. I agree with you in that it is timeless, and the the. But that that artistry goes beyond the flat. It's the shape and it's the form of the vehicles, of the helmets from stormtroopers, Vader's helmet, of the armor that Boba Fett wore, but also of the creatures, the tauntons, the wampers. Um, it's. It's all it, it's it's the fact that when when the artists get together with the story producers, you just end up with just beautiful visual treats as well as great stories. Yeah, that's what Star Wars is, isn't it? It's great stories and visual treats, though. I am fantastic soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. All three elements. Well, yeah. Yes. And, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I agree on the soundtrack. What I'm trying to say, well, I don't want to spoil future podcasts, but actually, I think in across nine films, I'm taking the Skywalker, if it is indeed that trilogy, there has been a variable quality of film in that nine films. There has. 
which is a story to think. Yeah, and arguably you're at a point where there are nearly as many bad films as there are good or average films, shall we say, more average than bad. Um, but that can wait for another day, Dave. That's a, that's that's. <laughs> That, that's we need the whole council for that one that's my mr contrary hat coming out right at the end <laughs> sorry so do you do you have any final thoughts Dave? I, unless you've got anything else you want to discuss i think we're kind of there based on the limited information we have right now no 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 i agree i agree totally um i, I my final thought is and it, it goes back to the round piece possibly that was towards the latter end of this Take what sorry. <laughs> take what you want from Star Wars. Whether mm. that means that you love the EU and anything that has been produced since then doesn't work for you, then that's fine. No one's telling you you can't read the EU anymore. All you've been told is that they won't write any more books as part of the EU. I'm like, it doesn't stop you from enjoying what you already enjoy. Similarly, if you do love The Last Jedi then love it and enjoy it and make the most out of it. But don't attack four or five, five books when all you know so far is the name of the author and the cover illustration. Yeah. If that, if that is how you judge a book, then don't read it. Fair enough. But yeah. don't go on an absolute rant at anybody who might like it and attack them for it yeah yeah i mean you know i've i've been involved with this podcast and the jedi council coming up nearly two years um we've grown from a couple of hundred followers to over three and a half thousand in that time we've created so many podcasts news articles and we're not doing it for money we're not doing it for any other reason. We want to share our love of Star Wars with people and we want to have the interactions. And we want to have these discussions and hope that if you learn something, that's great. If you disagree, that's great, too. But we're doing it because we love it. We're not doing it to antagonize or to be abused or anything like that. And I I've had my doubts with Star Wars recently. I mean, if if I think about something like sorry to bring star trek into this as i always tend to mm-hmm. but star trek picard right now we are five episodes in and that is a tv series done right now the mandalorian was also done right but the difference between it is is that star trek is picking up off of a beloved era it then takes something from the films the recent jj abrahams films the kelvin timeline pays respect and honors that past but creates a brand new dynamic with established characters in a way you don't know what's going to happen next. And I do not understand why it was so difficult for them to do that with the sequel trilogy. I will never understand that because Star Trek's managing it and Star Trek is not as big as Star Wars. So why couldn't they do it? Why couldn't they do it? tied to ship possibly but cbs paramount huge people in many ways paramount success is more tied to star wars than 
Disney, sorry, Star Trek than Disney is to Star Wars. If Star Wars doesn't make money, Disney's going to make a heck of a lot of money from other lines. If Star Trek doesn't work for Paramount, they don't have many other products these days. The movie market yeah. is so Disney orientated. And the fact is, is you've now got two other Star Trek products, which is Discovery and something about um, Section 31. And they're talking about all kinds of different things coming off of this already. It's not that difficult to achieve it, but it does seem to be difficult for Star Wars for some reason. And so I've questioned sometimes what what am i why why am i so negative on star wars when i love it what why why can't i just love it and i, and I think the reason i can't as we've discussed previously is storytelling etc but also they've, they've just not done a very good job with it in my view and so i'm excited to see something that has taken two years to create a whole world build because world building is incredibly difficult that's what george lucas genius was he built a world you know gene Roddenberry in star trek yeah, and, and, you know, Tolkien, whoever you want to think about, um, all the greats in fantasy who've done this, um, Terry Pratchett, all these people, they, they do that. No, I agree. I agree. I might, you, you, could, you could go wider than that. You could talk about the likes of Isaac Asimov um, with his robot stories and the foundation stories. It, 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 it's, it's such a, a visionary approach. George R. R. Martin. Mm. But, yeah. Well, Game of Thrones is a huge <laughs> cut through yes. culture. There are so many better authors of fantasy than him. I really don't know why that was chosen as a, as a show. Sorry. <laughs> I like it. So, um, but then I'm not. I'm not as into. I, I don't. I don't dislike the books. I've read the books. Yeah. Uh, but there are there, there are better. Robert Jordan and his Wheel of Time series. Oh, that would just been absolutely superb as a TV show. Sorry. But, but then some <laughs> don't translate. Like, um, oh, goodness me, what is the Robotic Cities thing called? Why can't I remember it? Robotic Cities. Do you know what I mean? It, where London is the big city that tries to consume everything else. Oh, it, oh. Um, Infernal it's, Machines, was it? Yeah, or? that's right. Yeah. It translate. And that had Peter Johnson from Lord of the Rings doing it. Yeah. So yeah. you do have these, you do have these misfits, but, but, no, I, I, I just see what's happening at Star Trek and think, why, why can't they do it with Star Wars? And this is where I draw that line, and I say, Star Wars has a chance to start afresh, and I'm excited by that, and I'm really yeah. excited by that. That, that for me, I would agree with that. That is what I'm looking forward to here. Yeah, we've talked about a reset. This, to me, is in fact a rebirth of Star Wars. And I cannot wait to get in on ground zero of a brand new era, era timeline and really digest all the content from it. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Agree. Totally agree. And on that agreement bombshell... Um, gonna leave it there and say we are the jedi council you can follow us on twitter at the jedi underscore council uh we have a website which you can find on the first page if you just simply google the jedi council um we're on facebook we've started a new youtube channel recently uh dave 
has already put up a great piece of content about some of his collection. There's another one to follow soon. Um, we've got a review of Galaxy's Edge from me and Alex. There's also, I think, uh, one to come on Disneyland Paris soon. Um, so plenty of good content going on there. And, of course, Instagram and some of our Facebook groups, which are growing as well. So plenty of ways to follow and engage. Can't wait to hear your feedback. Keep tweeting us. And may the Force be with you. The Force will be with you. Always.